Today's entrepreneurial community is bigger than it's ever been. From seasoned entrepreneurs to newcomers entering each day, they're all looking for a mentor, someone to guide them, someone who's grown and scaled the business to answer the questions that plague us in an ever-changing market each day. Welcome to the Connected CEO Podcast with Tom Cardella, where we'll attempt to answer some of these questions. Tom's going to share his vast experience from growing several companies, how you can be a connected CEO with your employees, customers, and the surrounding entrepreneurial community at large. Without further ado, here's your host, Tom Cardella. So welcome to another exciting episode of The Connected CEO. Appreciate you tuning in. We are so excited because today we don't have one Toms, but we have two. And in today's sort of ever-changing world, we know things are moving fast-paced. As many of you are listening to this, you're probably dealing with the COVID-19 situation and, and your days are changing, not, not even day by day, but minute by minute. And that's why we wanted to come on and share a little bit of Tom's going to share some things and some stories with you guys. And Tom uh, Maroney, who's us, also our CCO or Chief Commercial Officer, is going to share some things with you as well. But Tom, why don't, why don't you uh, say hello and give everybody a little bit of an overview of what we're going to cover today? Yeah, good. Uh, good morning. So, you know, as we're in the middle of, of this situation, this crisis, however people wish to describe it, we thought it was important to get on and, and have some conversations, not only about how we are dealing with the COVID-19 situation, but some perspective from the folks in our call centers where we employ thousands of people in rural communities that depend upon the paycheck to feed their families and pay their rent, their car payment and things of that nature. So we're here today to offer our perspective, discuss how as a company we are responding not only to the virus itself, but the ever-changing environment on a day-to-day basis as state, local, and national officials, I don't want to use the word change the rules, but as they adapt the rules to the uh, ever-changing environment. So Tom, and I know we talked about this in the past, I mean, as an entrepreneur, you've been through various different stages of entrepreneurship and starting your businesses, growing them, selling them. I mean, adversity is nothing new, right? And, and there's inside factors in business that, that can challenge us as an individual entrepreneur. And then we know, you know, right now, there's outside factors that, that entrepreneurs have no control over. How, how do you adapt in these situations? Because it's not something that, you know, maybe you could have prepared for in business knowing this is going to happen. But how do you adapt when these large outside forces that you have nothing, you know, no control over, how do you adapt as an entrepreneur to these situations? It's a great question, Mike. And, and I think the first thing comes down to uh, the time that an individual has been on the planet, right? As we get older, we gain more wisdom. The wisdom is gained by having exposure to situations, uh, not necessarily exactly as this, but to other situations where the outside factors have an amazing bearing on your business and your employees um, and their well-being and how you adapt to those factors as they change, uh, you know, daily, um, if not hourly in some cases. Uh, You know, first of all, um, from the perspective of an entrepreneur, especially an individual that's, you know, now in his 50s and has been around the block a few times, you start to understand that you can't control all aspects. And for an entrepreneur, that's the most difficult thing because, uh, you know, um, a lot of entrepreneurs feel the need to control everything, you know, to control their destiny. And when you're in a situation such as this, such as the economic downturn in the 2000s, 
such as the floods that devastated the Midwest uh, prior to the economic downturn, where all the roads were closed and people literally couldn't get to work, you start to uh, have a little different perspective that you can't have contingency plans for every possible situation that could present itself and that you just have to kind of take it day by day. And, and, and having contingency plans when there's other people making decisions on what you may or may not be able to do as a company might, might be the hardest thing for an entrepreneur. So I guess what I'm really saying is, is that you really have to take a deep breath. You manage what you can manage on a daily basis. You manage your business. You manage the, the perspective of your clients. You make sure that you're understanding what the needs of your clients are so you can help meet things that are presenting themselves inside of their business. And probably most importantly, you're, you're measuring the pulse of your internal team and understanding, um, especially when you're working with hourly employees, right? Understanding that individuals in your company are looking externally, looking externally at businesses that are shutting down restaurants and bars and gyms and and hair salons where they have friends that are working and where their friends now can't draw a paycheck and knowing that at some level that's making uh, your employees nervous uh, scared because they too are dealing with with things outside of their ability to to manage and and so i, I don't know if that if that really makes sense and I was long-winded there not as articulate as I would like to be but but it but it's coming but, but the message is coming from the gut not from the brain you, you can't manage this sort of thing necessarily just with your head if that makes sense no a hundred percent and I think it's it, it, that's a whole part of entrepreneurship right is knowing that that you have to make sometimes those tough decisions and tough things and it's never a cookie cutter situation like in some areas and and uh, Tom Maroney I think it's a great segue to you in that we know during this time, everyone's kind of talking to everyone else, right? So it's clients are contacting partners and vendors that they work with and employees are calling their companies to see what they should be doing. Tom, how has communication with your different partners and everyone that you guys are working with been so important? I think it's really neat to see the way we've all come together, kind of both in the business community, the entrepreneurial community and our communities at large, even though we're all isolated, we're all still connecting. How have you seen that you're making that connection with people and clients as you're going through this? Yeah, Mike, this is a terrific question. We're seeing a flurry of activity in our business. We're very, very busy. Our team is working very hard. We're proactively communicating with all of our clients. And our message is simple. The first is that we're going to take care of our people. And the second is that we're going to take care of their needs. There's an amazing amount of work being done to respond to our clients' needs. In many cases, we're seeing increased demand. And this is different than, for example, 9-11, when phone volumes got soft in the aftermath of that terrible attack. In this case, some of our customers are in the mortgage industry, and there is a rush of activity to refinance. Some of our clients are in the telecommunications industry, and there is a rush of people looking to sign up for Internet services particularly with more and more people working at home. And many, many companies are offering very special introductory offers to get people on board, basically free of charge. And that's in response to this pandemic that we're seeing. So as a community, we're coming together. Our account management team is doing really special things for customers. Like, for example, just over this weekend, 200 people changed positions from outbound marketing 
to inbound sales. Yeah. It was seamless. It was done in a matter of four hours. We have another team focused on launching new customers. Believe it or not, we went live on a brand new program on Monday of this week. And we have another program with 100 people going live next week. So we're very busy. We're picking up the phone. That is our primary vehicle for communicating right now. Certainly email is important, but phone, relationships, et cetera, really matter right now. Yeah, just to piggyback on what Tom was saying about being nimble and on behalf of our clients and adding people, you know, one of the things I've mentioned in previous podcasts is that it's always been a very humbling experience, and I think any entrepreneur uh, recognizes this, but it's always a, a very humbling experience when people are going above and beyond, and you're not even asking them to do so. They just see that something needs to be done, and they're, they're doing it. And I went into the office on, on this past Sunday after a client had requested that we move a few hundred people uh, onto their program, uh, and that request came in late on a Friday night. So I went into the Cedar Rapids office on Sunday, and we had people in the office, corporate staff in the office, that were reconfiguring technology uh, on our calling floor so that we could adapt to the client's needs. And you may say, well, well, that doesn't really sound like a big deal. You would expect that. But Mike, some of our technology individuals had brought in their spouses and their children to help out. And... And I, and I walked on the calling floor and I looked around and because I know the folks, I basically asked the family members, what's the contract fee for this sort of thing? And I was told, um, well, they had studied bias lunch. From a, from a closely held entrepreneurial perspective, whether you're a, a, you know, a small company of 10 or a company of hundreds or thousands, I think a lot of entrepreneurs have experienced this sort of thing in the past. But I have to tell you, it just never ceases to amaze me. And, it's, and and I told the folks, it's just so humbling when you see that sort of thing. So uh, I digress, but but I thought it was worth mentioning. No, and I, and I think it's a great point because, and you know, this is an interesting time and I'd love to hear both your perspectives on this because that really, when you look at entrepreneurship, I think it does, there's been that mode that it feels like an island, right? That if you're an entrepreneur, you live on an island, you're, you know, it's lonely at the top. There's all these different sayings, but there, there's an argument to be made that it's a little bit different now in that, you know, no, I don't think you are an island. You guys know to be successful. I think, you know, you and Tom are obviously an amazing team and you've built a, a great team around you, but there's that team aspect. But I think what all of America and, and, you know, part of the nation is feeling right now in the world is the idea of working remotely and how you could still feel connected and how you could still be connected. And you guys, you know, this is nothing new for you. <laughs> you guys have been doing this for a while in your business. You know, talk to me about the culture you guys have created of, of you know, that connectivity, even when you're remote and the way you've run, maybe, you know, I know, know Tom, you have an executive team that's all over the country because you have multiple sites, you have multiple locations. How have, you know, and, and someone who's new stepping into this, right? Like they've always, maybe they're an entrepreneur that's grown an office locally and they've grown a local business and they're like, you know, now all my workers are remote, you know, and I don't know what to do. How do you create that, that camaraderie and that connection, that team environment when having, you know, workers working from home now? Because not a lot of people are used to this, this new world of working remote as big as it is in, 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 our, in our country. We're seeing a lot of people are having a hard time with this. So what advice would you give them? Because you guys have been doing this for a long time now. So, Mike, when it comes to working at home, there are three things that we endeavor to do. And this is something that we've worked on as a company for a while. 
The first is to build a relationship with your employees. So we know that remote employees and managers find it hard to align expectations of roles, responsibilities, goals, and workloads. So therefore, we set very clear expectations so people have clear and objective goals. We seek to understand our employees' expectations, and we work to overcome any cultural or geographic barriers. As we work today, we're actually working to go work at home in India and the Dominican Republic. So this, for us, is a global effort. The second area of focus for us is maintaining engagement. We know also that a lack of visibility causes managers to struggle to identify performance and engagement issues very early on. With that in mind, we make sure that we have the tools to maintain visibility into the team and individual workflows and accomplishments. We're connecting re remote employees with the rest of the team using our proprietary communication tools, and we're utilizing multiple channels to maintain constant communication. So, you know, we're, we're constantly talking to people, and on, yes, they're remote, but we're in touch with them. We're, we're, we're touching them uh, in that experience. And the third area is managing performance. We know that managers have limited visibility into re remote workers' work processes, their environment, et cetera. So really, you've got to focus on what are outcomes. So we evaluate their performance, the performance of our people based on outcomes and not on process. So we're developing our employees through effective remote coaching. It's the same as a conversation would take place. We have a 10-step coaching process. The same process is followed whether we're face-to-face or whether remote. This is the new reality. This is how we have to adapt to these changing circumstances. So next topic I want to kind of go over, guys, is because, you know, Tom, that's it. You know, you guys are both, we know how important small communities are to TLC. You guys uh, open up, you know, a, a lot of call centers in small communities across the world, and, and they become a big part of the economy in those areas. Um, and Tom Maroney, I know you too, you've been an, an entrepreneur and a business owner uh, of a small business in a, in, a, in a local area. You know, how can, you know, and I know a lot of people are looking during this time that, you know, how do we support the communities, the small businesses, uh, the things that maybe aren't, you know, we aren't able to do. What are some ways in which people can support those businesses during these tough times that you guys think? Because we can't go out of the house, obviously. Uh, so how in these small communities can we support maybe these small businesses and small restaurants uh, that are in our areas? Because I know small business and community is so important to both of you. From my perspective, I'm, I'm understanding that some of the things that are taking place in some of the smaller businesses is for the restaurants that are open for takeout uh, or delivery, but they can't have sit-down meals. Many of our communities have actually put a run on these restaurants and are and have literally bought them out of all their gift cards. So I've 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 heard that on the radio and heard that from some of our folks in the communities. You know that that's the first thing. You know it's a really difficult question. You know the government officials are doing their best to try and balance the spread versus perception versus doing what's best for their constituents. From that perspective, I, I you know, from there, I th think we asked Tom Maroney for his perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think as, as a community of call center operators or contact center operators, I think when one door closes, another one opens. So we're hearing now of endless jobs being terminated, particularly in hospitality, restaurants, et cetera. But I know that our team is actively discussing how do we recruit from these industries? Number one, these people have great people skills. They know how to relate to people. They know how to communicate. We know that they're going to they're need work. They're going to need revenue. 
for their families. And we can step in and help these people in the short term because our demand for services is very strong right now and we are actively hiring. So I think that's a great way that we can contribute to the communities that we serve. And, you know, guys, I think we've made some, some great points on this episode. And, and obviously, we're, we're all aware, and, and all of you listening as well, is that this is an ever-changing thing, you know. And I think it's, it's important we talk about what's going on right now, as a, even as a time capsule moment, because I think as we move past this, it's, it's going to have such an impact on our you know, local communities and families. And, and we know some people that are gravely impacted by this, so they're, they're obviously deep in our thoughts. Um, but I, I really want to thank you guys for coming on, because I know it was important for you uh, to, you know, come on and share some, some things during this time. And, you know, as we're recording this, things may change. And, you know, it's a minute-by-minute, minute, day day-by-day, hour-by-hour situation that's ever-changing. Um, but, but we felt it was important to come together. And I know, Tom, you wanted to voice, uh, you know, a little bit of entrepreneurial advice in this as well because people are, people are asking questions. And, and, you know, we're in an unknown. And when there's unknown, there's fear. So hopefully some of the answers, and I think we've also had a little bit of fun and a few laughs here, so it's been well. Uh, before we close out, guys, any closing remarks before we go? Anything you want to leave anyone with before we sign off? I think I'm good, Tom. I think, Mike, America will change how it does business. <clears throat> I think that we'll see less reliance on foreign, particularly those supply chains that are not necessarily viewed as the most friendly to the United States. I also think that the geographic lines for contact centers will be redrawn. And I expect to see more demand in the United States going forward for people and services. All right. Well, awesome, guys. Well, th thanks again for tuning in. And uh, if this is your first time listening, we appreciate it. Make sure you guys subscribe and follow the podcast. And we will see you on the next episode of The Connected CEO.